This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show, because it is Friday. Yes, indeed. And I am Stamford Chidge, and I am joined, as ever, by the uh, lugubrious Mr. Jonathan Kidd. No, no, wrong you, word. No, you don't like lugubrious. Well, I'm not. What's, what does lugubrious mean? It just sounded good. Lugubrious is a bit sort of, you know, down and bloodhound-like. Oh, all right, okay. You're not, you, like, like, like Potter, like it's Potter. Like manager, I was about to say, you know, I was a bit like that. Okay, know. a welcome to Jonathan Kidd, the not so lugubrious friend. I've got to be positive, Chidge. I po- must positive, be positive kid, yes. Go, Kinetic going, kid. Going forward, I must be positive and make progress. But yes, thank are you. Are you, you going to work good. harder? I'm sorry? Are you going to work harder and improve? Yeah, exactly, exactly. You were too good then. Sorry, it was so dull. I couldn't deal with it. Sorry about that. I try. I do try. Who have we got on tonight? Oh, you know, a couple of reprobates, usual bollocks. You know, <laughs> I don't know where you get them from. They just sort of turn up. And you just, you're so sweet to all these people. No, no, no I'm doing the opposite of the reality. Um, I'm, of course, being like Jari, the great playwright. Anyway, you don't want to know about that. Um, um, uh, it's 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 the wonderful Mark Meehan, who's... <laughs> His book is is miraculous. I must I need to get a copy, Mark. I never I never subscribe. Can I just come down to the stall and, and buy one tomorrow? Not no. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. No, okay. But, but but soon. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Good. Probably probably the Everton game. And and by the way, good Narbon. Good. Yeah, yeah. Because you you of course have been have been uh, Germanified, but but you've become Teutonic through having been away during the week. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. all that, that sausage, sausage and beer. So, yes, uh, there, there was sausage and there was beer consumed. And I actually met our other guest on this evening while I was out there. Uh, if you'd like to introduce him. Uh, well, oh, you did? Was he, what, was he wandering around the streets like a waif looking for friends? 
Yes, <laughs> it is, of course, the, the terrific journalist uh, who writes excellent articles for The Athletic, the uh, the uh, excellent Mr. Liam Toomey, who is, uh, it's really lovely to have him on the show because he knows much more than any of us. Not hard. Pleasure to be Pleasure to be back, guys. Indeed, I did waste a few of Mark Meehan's precious minutes uh, <laughs> in Dortmund at pre-match. Taking it. at least he brought his beer with him to the table. That was the, uh, that was the <laughs> and, grace. And the bar was called Glorious. Yeah, wouldn't have been glorious if we'd actually come away with the win on Wednesday night. It would have been a perfect end to a perfect day. Indeed. Uh, Mark, always good to see you. And uh, it was brilliant seeing you in Mixler last night for me and JK's impromptu in off the post show. You are a total legend for doing that. And uh, and Liam, as I said before we, we pressed go, it is delightful to see you. It seems like ages since we've seen you and you're looking very well. And I'm, for one, very happy to see you. So, on that very happy positive Potter note, um, good night. Well... Yeah, good night. It's been great. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Uh, I'm going to kick off with Mark because Mark was there. So I want to I want to hear Mark's experience of uh, of uh, Dortmund because uh, I mean, knowing Mark, it has a lot more to do with the the wraparound for the 90 minutes than the actual 90 minutes. So Mark, take it away. Thank you very much, Chidge. Uh, hope, hopefully, you know you can press a buzzer at some point if I talk too long. But a marvelous couple of days. Went out uh, on the Eurostar on Wednesday morning to Brussels, picked up a direct train from Brussels um, to Dusseldorf. We were staying in Dusseldorf for uh, our time there, partly because Dortmund was so expensive. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick anecdote. Um, like Neil Beard, who people listen to the show will know, Neil had booked two nights uh, in Dortmund when the draw was made, and he was travelling out there the night before. And clearly they're going to get a very, very bad review on TripAdvisor. He notified them that he was on his way and he'd be there at nine o'clock Tuesday evening and they cancelled his room and, and sold it on to someone else. So he landed in Dortmund on Tuesday night without a hotel room. So, yes, he was not. And they were going to charge him for the cancellation because he wasn't there at a specified time. So not a happy bunny. Um, he did manage to find some accommodation for Tuesday night, but there was nothing in Dortmund on Wednesday evening. You could not find a hotel room. It was that busy in Dortmund. So Mr. Johnson came to his rescue. Oh, bless him. And he, he kicked on Mr. Johnson's floor because Mr. Johnson did have a hotel room in, in Dortmund. But yeah, I digress. We stayed in Dusseldorf, uh, got, got, the, got the train into Dusseldorf, checked in, uh, and then we headed to Dortmund itself. Very well organised by Chelsea. The ticket collection was in the German Football Museum. I dare say there was a few Chelsea fans that went to the party museum that did replay the 1966 World Cup final goal because there was a CSI crime scene <laughs> around that where the Germans were trying to determine whether or not the ball, after all these years, had crossed the line or not. Uh, we didn't hang along in there. Um, we headed to a place called the Alter Market, Old Market in, in German, and that's where I met Mr Toomey because we relocate to a bar called Glorious, met a few people in there. Uh, Roy Hinchcliffe was in there, Margaret was in there, a few, a few familiar faces. And then there was a bit of bad planning on our part, and we probably were still in English time. I mean, we're thinking the game was kicking off at eight o'clock. So we were trying to be really well organised and said, like, whatever we do, we don't want to miss the kickoff. We need to leave the bar by seven o'clock because there was a U-Bahn station just a couple of minutes walk away. And we were really well organised. We just left um, just before seven o'clock. So 
the Metro or the U-Bahn went to a station called West Farland Halland, which was like a short walk to the ground. And then we walked to all the Dortmund fans with their shopping trolleys full of empty bottles of beer. Uh, we passed uh, Strobel's was the bar. I think the guy who was on the other night mentioned that was packed back to the rafters. And we got down to the ground and realised it's about 20 past seven and the game kicks off at nine o'clock. So like major error on our part, but the concourse was open and a really unique experience in terms of going to watch Chelsea play in Europe. There was no segregation. So we went through the terrace, I went through the um, town style, the same as the Dortmund fans, big open area where the Chelsea fans and the Dortmund fans mixed together, bars, food, toilets, all the facilities were there. Everyone mixed together, really friendly atmosphere. While I was there, I bumped into um, Denzel, DJ was there, Chris Axon was there, had a good chat with Stuart Kinner, which you referenced on in Off the Post last night. Met Simon Kirby for the first time. I think you know him from Drinking in the Cock. Lovely, lovely guy, Simon. So Simon had um, a good chat, good chat with myself. And I think everyone just felt it was just a really feel-good atmosphere. Um, and we're on the terracing. So really unique experience that you could go on the terracing, almost felt like National League football, and you could buy a beer and bring it onto the terracing with you and drink it. How extremely civilised and what a lovely way to watch football. They had lots of close-ups uh, on, on the telly of, of fans you know, looking at after they'd scored in particular, holding their beer glasses up, you know, and, and toasting. And you just thought, what a strange world this is. Wow. Yeah, there's probably a few Chelsea fans in the Chelsea section that weren't holding their beers up when they scored. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I, I was going to say, Mark, it, 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 you've just described almost the perfect pre-match. And then in true Chelsea style, uh, a great day out ruined by 90 minutes of football. But, uh, I mean, it's an interesting point, isn't it? I mean, you know, Liam, Liam was out there as well in, with a, you know, perhaps less myopic viewpoint than all of us. I mean, if I was to sum it up, uh, Liam, I don't think I could do it justice with this, but uh, horrible result, good performance, really, because I thought we played really, really well. But I would argue, actually, I'd say that's probably the best that we've played since the, you know we came back after the World Cup. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I, look, I looked afterwards, and the the XG uh, <laughs> I, I looked up was um, we won on XG, higher... didn't we, Liam? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing better than winning on XG, as everyone knows. Um, it was higher than in all of Chelsea's knockout games in 2021, other than the semi-final at home to Real Madrid, where mm. Chelsea absolutely battered them. Um, so they did play well going forward. Um, defensively, they, I think both teams created quite a bit. Uh, I think Chelsea created more and better chances. It was just a very wasteful game at both ends. Uh, Dortmund, in some ways, are similar to Chelsea in that they... They're good at uh, creating turnovers, pressing, creating a bit of chaos, but they're not the most clinical, particularly post Haaland. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was a it was a really sort of intense game, pulsating atmosphere. Although interestingly, I, I, I thought, I don't know how many of you guys were there um, a couple of years ago, I thought Eintracht Frankfurt away was, was louder. Um, in the, in the Europa League semi, maybe because that game meant even more to them than this one did to Dortmund, I think. Um, Wouldn't it have been their first um, European final? Uh, or 
that was the impression I got, wasn't it? They hadn't had any success. Well, certainly in the modern era. I mean, yeah. Eintracht Frankfurt had some big... No, indeed, in 50, 50, what was it, 50, uh, with them um, beaten by Real Madrid 6-3, wasn't it? Yeah. 62? Yeah. Yeah, no, 50, 57, I think, 58. No, no it was early no, 60s. No, in the no, early 60s, 7-3, mate. No, I've got Serie 6273. I got it completely wrong. Almost. Not Apologies for opening this particular can of worms. See what you've done um, now, Liam? Don't you remember this I kind know. of schmozzle? I don't know. Unbelievable. I've not been on it too long. Um, <laughs> I, say, I, I say the atmosphere wasn't quite as uh, wasn't quite as raucous, but when Addy Amy scored, um, there were a volley of beers from the top tier of the stand that landed, well, one of which landed right next to me, squarely on poor Nizar Kinsella's laptop. Um, there was basically me, him, and behind us were the, the, the Chelsea guys running the Chelsea admin on, on social media. And we all got splashed, but Nizar took the brunt of it and, and his laptop was completely well, you, you, completely on the, destroyed. On the commentary um, on BT, I think it was Darren Fletcher was doing the comms, but they, they got completely soaked in beer as well. So you weren't alone. Yeah, big big advert I think for not allowing beer actually in the stands. <laughs> There's plenty of opportunities watching football to get tanked up before the game, after the game, around the game. Um, and uh, but yeah, anyway, so it was it, it was a it was a big atmosphere. I thought it was a, an entertaining game, but some of the some of the more familiar failings for Chelsea in the final third. They maybe created more than they had done recently. I think part of that was a product of the way Dortmund play. You know, they, they play high up the pitch. They give you space to attack. Um, and they're not so good at pressing that you can't beat their press and, and get at them. And Chelsea had a lot of opportunities to get at them. The finishing was just was just poor. And then even when they did beat uh, Koval, when Koulibaly beat Koval, um, Emre Chan got back on the line and cleared it away. Yeah. They it, it, ultimately very frustrating, very. I think, for everyone. Well, as I, as I said, J, JK, as I said in, in my notes, I said nine, nine, nine. That's that's uh, the 27. No, nine as in no, nine as in no. And oh, then, I, uh, you you know, you, you, you really are a karma killer, aren't you? You know how to piss on a good joke, mate, honestly. <laughs> honestly. I, 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 I spent me all day thinking, of, you know, trying to think up that one. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. But no, look, we we were we were talking about this a lot last night, weren't we? On on the in off the post show that, you know, for the want of a a, a proper striker who can actually put the ball in the back of the net, um, it's so frustrating, and yet we didn't feel as downhearted as we have done recently, but it beggars belief in a way that that you know. I mean, we, we had problems, didn't we, before Lukaku came in, because that's why we brought Lukaku in. Those problems arguably escalated after we brought him in, and yet still we haven't solved the problem that we haven't got a striker who can score us goals. But I'm, I, well, We're all going on about this, but just to give the other view, I'm, I, as I said last night, I just think if were you to get a, a fit Kante back, um, I'm not convinced you need... Uh, a real number nine and in this present setup you need a real number nine because Havertz is not it but were you to have somebody who was stretching them enormously I suspect the goals would start flowing um, from midfield I think if the midfield was 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 better equipped to deal with the situation um, and of course so if Reese was just slightly upper a notch and Chilwell um, who clearly isn't a hundred percent was uh, was firing on all cylinders I think you've you know you're 
you're back to uh, a, an excellent <clears throat> series of deliveries being made. All right, yeah, you need somebody to get on the. It wouldn't it be nice to have somebody when the ball is whipped in who anticipates it and uh, gets to the far post who gets there? But I, I mean, I think he was asked a question at the presser today about uh, um, um, did they uh, um, did they practice shooting or something because they were all a bit shit and. Uh, I'm I'm paraphrasing, by the way. He didn't actually say that, but it was it was a feeling that, um, and it was something that he bridled at Potter uh, because obviously he said that was the kind of thing that they got up to. But um, they they uh, practice shooting before every game. No, I've seen you it. See, they, they they bring no, an extra goal out at Stamford Bridge I, and, and shoot. I know, indeed, it. of course they do. I meant just, I just, <laughs> I, I meant more than just before the game. I was hoping, yeah, yeah. kind of, you know, because the my 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 joy at seeing Kovacic during the practice <laughs> at Villa miss every single shot he had was ah. uh, was was uh, unbridled at the time. I remember thinking, well, yeah, shit in the game, shit in the training. Yeah, it all makes sense. But um, it's difficult, isn't it, to actually have somebody to say to them in training. Uh, no, you need actually to be over the ball when you hit it at the goal, rather than leaning back, which is what Kovacic was doing all the time. You think, hang on, you're an international pl- class player. You played for your country. You've, you've, you know, you've won trophies with Real Madrid, and you lean back all the time. What's that? Um, that was the that was the Felix miss in the first half as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, I, I think he was being challenged slightly as well, wasn't he? So to be fair to the the player, sort of came back. But yeah, the uh, um, he, he tends to. Uh, um, I, I also I think they've got slightly got that that let's score a slightly glorious goal which uh, Sterling has as well. You know, let's let's try and curl it round, let's stick it in the corner rather than just you know playing a normal um, drive on target. Well, and and as, as I said on Monday, I'm sure Liam may know this for 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 sure because obviously he's closer to the club than we are. But I, I'm convinced Liam that Ruben Loftus Cheek has it in his contract that when he's in the penalty area going towards towards goal, he has to lay it off to somebody. Yeah, yeah, regardless of the situation, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's quite bizarre as well. Because I remember, I mean, you remember in the Sarri season when he broke into the team, he 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 actually displayed pretty good ability to arrive late in the box and score. That was one of the things Loftus Cheek was good at. So, I I I personally think it's a bigger problem than just the number nine now, because that that that's one player, and we've seen this season with Manchester City that. They got a lot of goals from different areas last season. They bring in Haaland, who's there's no more prolific number nine on the planet, and yet as a team they're not quite as they're not quite as prolific or effective. So it, it's not necessarily a one to one thing that you get a striker and it and it would be completely solved. I think this group of players generally do not finish well enough. That it's a collective thing. There's I don't I don't really know why. Um, Have they got the, do you think they've got the yips, Liam? It does seem like it does seem like it's a collective yeah. team yeah. level yips, and yeah. but it's been for what three years? Yeah, easily that three four years. Well, since 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 Frank's first season when we were scoring goals for fun but leaking them at the back even more, you know. In sense that's what I've been hinting at, Judge. Uh, I think if the if we were quicker with the ball, which is what Kante would, if a fit a, a super back to normal Kante would deliver. Perhaps you'd, they'd have more time to pick their spots, or they're more time to have a shot. I just get the impression they're they're snatching at everything. They're in it. They're they're not they're not given the time to actually have a decent shot on target, and therefore it becomes sort of you know self fulfilling well, prophecy. They get into penalty and they go, oh shit, I better, I better lay it off. I, I, wonder, I wonder if the reason for that is that um, I mean I know it's a long time past now, but we we've often said that the the style of play 
uh, that Sarri imposed, which was very much, you know, possession football. I mean, Frank, I don't think you... I mean, you know, there was a bit of possession with Frank, but I, I don't think it was really focused on that. Tuchel was a very possession-based uh, uh, coach, and it was all about patterns and da 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 da, da. You know, one of the things that we complain about most is exactly what you're saying. We don't move the ball forward quick enough. And there's, a, there's that hesitation. You don't get enough putting a ball through, somebody running on it and having a whap immediately. And I mean, all those, Mark would know. I mean, you, you me and Mark do these 50 years shows. And when we were doing the delightful period of when Viali was playing, we after every, you know, during every episode we did in that era, we were saying, God, bloody hell, Viali. He just, he hits the ball so quickly. You know, it's like, I guess the ball, bang. You know, there's no kind of stop, think about it. He just hits it. And we don't, I don't think we have enough of that going on at the moment either. I think Tuchel imposed that that idea that if you did have a shot and it connected with an opponent, you, that you then give them possession away. So that, that was one of my major assessments of just watching the, the lack of shooting from distance. And that's why they wanted to get the ball out, because they would then have the, the, the opposition on the counter all the time. So it, you know, the ball was treated as a, as a very precious object. So don't have a dip when you know you've got six players in front of you because it's gonna it's gonna bounce off. That was what uh, that was the impression I got. And I, whether they're still, as you say, Chidge, in that frame of mind, it's, it's not only Sari. I think it was with Tuchel as well. And I think actually Loftus Cheek is a victim of that. I've got I've got some breaking news. Uh, Lee Mason has quit the PGMOL by mutual consent. What do you think of that, Liam? Blimey. Blimey. He was that that came back to the VAR mess, didn't it? Yeah. Last weekend. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty surprising. That's pre- uh, that it does that sounds like a managerial um a managerial sacking. Will he always be welcomed back at the in the <laughs> corridors of Dockley <laughs> Park? <Is> that... <laughs> Liam, that is brilliant. I mean, they're, they're not. They're not. They're, they're, I mean, there is a there is a, a a pithy, quite funnily enough, not quite as pithy as Chelsea's. PGMOL statement said, "We would like to thank Lee for his dedicated service to the professional game and wish him all the best for the future." So they did cut short of, and he's welcome back at Stockley Park at any time. Um, I don't. I mean, you know, I I think it's important to have caught hold of that and to be talking about this because. Um, you know, J.K., you 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 know you 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 have a referee's view on this, but we're always saying, I think collectively, that uh, none of these buggers take accountability for their mistakes. You know, you never hear from them after the game explaining why they made a Horlicks, etc., etc. And here we go. I think if that's not owning it and taking responsibility for it, then what is? I think they've got a wonderful opportunity to do this after every game. I think they should. Yeah, they should... if they, every every mistake, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> Resign. But uh, they're in a dreadful state, referees at the moment. And then Howard Webb going in as with a kind of chisel um, uh, appears to attempted to get the power back to the refs, and the uh, it, it just highlights to me how completely inconsistent and inefficient they are if you're not going to use VAR properly. So um, it, it, I'm pleased that they've done it, but uh, implementing some of the other laws would be fantastic, wouldn't it? The the the, the six second law with the goalkeeper hanging onto the ball with that Pickford does all the time, for example, which is the law, and nobody nobody implements. And this this insane thing of actually not adding the proper time on at the end, you'd, you'd have thought after the World Cup that they would have done that, but no, they just give an arbitrary four or five minutes. Well, maybe- I, I, 
I was, I, I, you know, I now time stuff. I've become sort of well, nerd. Maybe this is a good sign that, that they are taking accountability. Mark, you got your, you got your finger raised, and I don't think it's to pick your nose. Not at all, because it would be a lot nearer to my nose if it was. Um, Lee Mason, do you know what his first job was? Um, I, I don't know. Cleaner, compare at the Liverpool Institute of Higher Education Student Union Club. <laughs> Where did you find that out from? That's one hell of a Wikipedia page. That's a hell of a Wikipedia page he's got there. Yep. It's on Wikipedia. Yep. Well, well, well. Liam, I mean, and, and, sorry, sorry, and, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Uh, uh, and also, I think he, uh, uh, he worked in the car rental industry in Bolton. Well, there you go. Perfect qualifications for VAR. Liam, what do you make of this? I mean, you're, you know, you're a, you're a journalist. This is quite big news, I think. Yeah, well, it's, it's certainly very unusual. Um, I don't think it's like the most sustainable response to the the calls for accountability if we if we have officials resigning after every mistake they make in a game. But uh, I don't know. I, look, I've long been of the view that we VAR as a whole should just get in the bin. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of it coming in. I don't think it's helped anything. I think we've actually got to a point now where we've started changing rules in in light of VA, having VAR and it's just muddied the waters even more, particularly when it comes to something like offside. Um, and the whole thing is just not satisfying for anyone. Um, and I've, I've always felt the most tedious thing about football is talking about referees and refereeing decisions. I'm not... I'm not interested in it in the slightest, but at the same time, sometimes you can't ignore it. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's it, it's pretty annoying. Um, I don't have, I've never really had an opinion over individual officials, so I couldn't tell you really what I think of Lee Mason. I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head how many games he's refereed, specific Chelsea games he's officiated. Um, but it is certainly unusual to have a high-profile official like this depart after a high-profile controversy. It does suggest to me that um, Howard Webb is is trying to do things a bit differently. Yeah, totally, totally. JK, you're 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 looming. Well, it it, it was it was um, uh, I've forgotten what it was actually. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember later, do tell me. I, can I move? I move. Can I move it back to Chelsea? I mean, yeah, I, I don't it, I don't want to upset Matt Young anymore because he's in he's in he's in Mixler. He's our referee chum and. He, you know, he's probably thinking, for God's sake, boys, how much more grief do, do you have to, <laughs> to lay on to referees? Yeah, no, I remember what it was very quickly, very quickly. I think the problem, Liam, is is that it, it it's so dependent on television viewers. And if television viewers are watching something be completely cocked up by the ref, I, I'm not sure that the the game is promoted around the world in the same way. If, if, um, if players are seen to be cheating and getting away with it, uh, I'm not convinced that... Um, uh, it maintains the audience, because, uh, and I think the way the world is now, there'll probably be somebody, a, a referee, would be would be shot or something, or right. or attacked. I'm sure that's no, but, happened in South America. No, it, it hasn't. Well, I, I'm, but I'm, do, do, do TV viewers have that level of confidence now? Well, no, that's very true. That's very true. I just think that the overall thing is that there's, you know, they do get a lot correct. I mean, it's not difficult to get a lot correct, but no, I, I. I I, I'm actually would. I'm looking forward to the day where it's all automated, and um, 
uh, and the ref the ref just wanders about with a smile on his face, you know. And I'm, I'm going to do we need one? I'm going to return to that later because actually that that cropped up in Potter's presser, which actually I thought I'm not. I don't want to do it now, but. I thought it was really interesting in view of what you and I were saying about Potter last night. Anyway, let's wrap up the old Dortmund game. Um, Mark, I thought uh, that uh, one of the other encouraging things in terms of, you know, because I felt there has been a little bit of progress, a little bit of green shoots in the last few games. But I think what's making a difference is the new boys and the returnees. I think they're definitely beginning to make a difference. As in a way, I mean, you know, when Ch- when Chilwell and Reese come back, of course you expect them to make a difference. They were so fundamental to us for for a while back weren't they and uh you know p- players like Felix and uh and Fernandez are clearly absolute quality so they're gonna have they're gonna make an impact but it's looking like it to me no definitely and I think from an away supporters viewpoint in the stand on Wednesday night just a few things to sort of throw in uh especially for anyone in any doubt of the strength of feeling towards our our Cobham Academy guys Mason Mount, Conor Gallagher and Lewis Hall in the first half warmed up in front of the Chelsea section. And so did some of our other players. They got the biggest cheer of the night, the three of them. So if anyone's got any doubt where Mason Mount is in, I know it's been talked about many times on this show, about the popularity of that player and that young man amongst Chelsea fans, you just had to listen to the fans on Wednesday night. He got a tremendous reception. Also, this Despite losing the game, and we played very well on Wednesday night, who was the first player to get his teammates across to the away fans after the game? Mason, oh, Mason Mounts. Yeah, he was the first, even though he came on his sub, he led the players over. That's leadership, in my view. Got his teammates over to applaud the fans. Potter came over as well. There was no booing. The team got cheered by the fans on Wednesday night, despite the loss. The fans were behind the team 24-7 on Wednesday night. No question about that. Only other couple of things just to finish on Dortmund. Again, whether it looked better on the television and picking up on Liam's point about atmosphere. The Tavosi um, Dortmund did look looked spectacular. I'm not sure what it was. <laughs> it looked it looked like some bloke with a rucksack that had a can of beer on the left-hand side. I'm not sure it was in the right-hand side. I love Kenny Rice's tweet today. I think he suggested it was a Milky Way. <laughs> but so it looked spectacular and there was a funny moment where the Chelsea section are singing what the NL's nap despite everyone taking a picture of it simultaneously at the same time so I'm not sure what it was meant to be when it was rising um, out of the lower part of the terrace and this guy with a baseball cap on I think quite a few Chelsea fans thought it was Jurgen Klopp because <laughs> they were because they were singing you'll never Tony <laughs> they were singing You Never Walk Alone simultaneously. I'm, I'm, I'm with Liam in terms of atmosphere. I didn't go to Eintracht Frankfurt, but I know people that did. And they said Frankfurt is still the best atmosphere of a European game for quite some time. Mm. And other than that bit, and when they scored, clearly the yellow wall do make a lot of noise, but most of it seems to be in time to an annoying drum beat. So I have no idea what they were singing, other than it was a repetitive drum beat they were singing along and jumping along to. That's um, what Bayern did at the Allianz, I remember. They yeah, did everything yeah, everything yeah. was really choreographed to a drum. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and bloody Banana Rama and Culture Club songs, mate. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the other thing to add, I think if people are listening, I think it's just important that we make people aware. I actually WhatsApp the club during the game on Wednesday night. There was issues on the terracing. As brilliant as it was to be there, great as it was to have a beer, 
there are disadvantages, as Liam's quite correctly pointed out, to having a beer on a terrace, uh, especially when people have spent all day drinking in Dortmund Town Centre, and there's only one entrance in and one entrance out onto the terrace, main entrance to the terrace, which was 1861. So you have the combination of people trying to get up the terrace to get in, and the people coming down the terrace to buy another beer to go back up the terrace again. And I think the stewards could have been better at Dortmund the other night. The terracing was overcrowded. Some of that will be the novelty of being on a terrace. I know at least one person who had a terrace ticket swapped it for a seat, which was significantly more expensive. But the person didn't want to take any money because he wanted to be on the terrace with his mates. But some people were getting crushed there early doors, you know, just as the game was beginning on Wednesday night. And the Dortmund stewards were good at the start at checking tickets, but then they stopped checking tickets. And there was more people in that section than there actually should have been. Mm. And it wasn't it wasn't evenly spread out either. So we're not we're not talking sort of like Tottenham type situation in sort of like mid nineteen eighties when they had one pen at a time. Because there were other entrances onto the terrace. But a few people found it difficult being on a terrace after all these years on Wednesday night. Maybe some of the romantics in them thought, oh, this is great. Uh, but they suddenly found what being on a terrace is like. You you ebb, you move, you bob, you sway, you go back, you go forth. Throwing the cocktail of people with pints in their hands. And clearly when Felix had that chance, there was a hell of a lot of beer that went up in the end, yeah. uh, up in the air. So I can imagine what it would have been like if we'd actually scored. So I think if people had sort of those issues, I think it's important that the club are made aware of them. I've, I've made the club aware, and I'm quite happy to have a conversation with the club to follow it up as well. Yeah, good. Um, all right. Uh, I, I have to say, Liam, I, I'm I'm not downhearted. I actually don't think Dortmund are that good. I was saying it all week. I said that the, the Bundesliga is poor compared to the Premier League, and I thought that we might find it a bit easier than playing somebody like Southampton or Palace or whoever. Uh, but as a consequence, I'm actually really hopeful for the second leg. I mean, you know, providing we can actually, you know, put the ball in the bloody net, I, I think that we'll come through the second leg. Are you quite confident? I don't know how. I, I don't know if you can ever be confident the way Chelsea are playing right now. True. But I do agree. I, I, you know, I was talking to someone during the day um, who watches Dortmund a lot, and they were saying. They don't really have any idea what to do with the ball outside of Bellingham. He he is their midfield, essentially. And there, and you could see that, you know, there was a stretch of the first half, I think, where he really started to purr. I don't think he was great for 90 minutes. Okay. Um, yeah. But they but they they looked they they didn't look as dynamic as some of the Dortmund teams we've seen in recent years. And they and they certainly didn't have that cutting edge apart from that one amazing run from from Adiyemi, I think, which I think he was brilliant for that. Um it's very, very retrievable. Uh, if, if Chelsea play at least as well as they did in that game and just take a few of the chances, they should go through. Um, and I think particularly if they play the way they did in the second half, because in the first half, they were reduced to playing on the counter-attack a lot, which they did pretty well. But I think Potter would prefer them to play the way they did in the second, where they had control for most of it. And apart from getting done from counter-attack from one attacking corner I don't think Dortmund carried a lot of threat mm. um, so if, if they can do that I know I know internally at Chelsea going into this tie there was a real belief a, a, absurd as it might sound from the outside that Chelsea can win the Champions League this year um, because if I think the players you, think that that's the impression I've got the yeah, players, the players but yeah. the players think it and and 
at the club all the way up to ownership, they believe there's a real chance because you look beyond Dortmund, there is no there is no juggernaut in this tournament. There is no contender without flaws. Um, and Chelsea, if you'd looked at the round of 16 stage in 2012 or 2021, you wouldn't have picked Chelsea as eventual winners. Um, now, the biggest question mark in all of this is Potter himself, because he doesn't have the track record that Thomas Tuchel did two years ago, even before he won the Champions League. Um, but I think they feel, they, they felt before the game, and I think they still feel now that the next three weeks are crucial. They continue to assimilate the new players they, they continue to get some of the injured guys a bit healthier, some of the guys who are, who are playing a bit closer to full power. I think we saw Reese James make a step forward. There was one brilliant run forward to win a free kick, which to me looked like proper Reese James, the first flash of proper Reese James. Because he looks um, about 50% at the moment, doesn't he? He's really playing, playing within himself, you get that impression. Yeah, if they can string a couple of performances together in the next couple of weeks in the Premier League, finally win a game, get some confidence, um, and then get through that tie. Then you then you're looking at maybe getting Golo Kante back, and he's the transformative force. You know they they don't need they don't need him fit for very long. They only need him fit for two months, and it might be enough oh, yeah, to, to actually go deep in this competition. So that 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 that's the way I think. I don't know if I'm confident, but I think if Chelsea do manage to beat Tor- Dortmund, there's a chance the competition opens up for them. It's a really good point. And, you know, I think we've kind of rumbled similar in a funny old way. And and I, you're right. It, a lot of this will, of course, depend not just on N'Golo Kante, but Potter. And um, I, I'm, I've been destined. I mean, I've missed you, obviously, on the show, but it's, it's, it's very opportune that we have you on this week because the Athletics have done quite a few pieces on Potter this week. Uh, and I've got a lovely uh, kind of, I don't know what you call them, really. It's like a, a you know, a, a chart, I suppose, in old money. But it really points out something that we knew anyway, that, that Potter's win percentage is the lowest this century, or more to the point, the lowest since Glenn Hoddle. Um, I think it's Glenn Hoddle anyway. Let me have a quick yes. look. Yeah, it is, yeah. 93. It yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's something like um, 20, 24%. Now, his record stands, Liam. We, we played 24 games. He's, he's managed for 24 games. We've won eight, we've drawn seven, we've lost eight. Won five in the Premier League, lost five, drawn six. Uh, I won't bother with the League Cup and the FA Cup, we know that. Won four in the Champions League, lost one and drawn one. So, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? The Champions League record is a lot better, which kind of, you know, in a sense, validates my point that actually I think you're playing lower quality teams in the Champions League, weirdly. But what I really want to know, Liam, and why I'm so pleased to have you on the show in a week where you've done a lot on Potter, what is the media's view on Potter and and his his security of tenure at the moment? Um, I, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's ever one view, but I think you know most of us are going on what we're hearing from from the club and from people at people at the club, um, and the message has been consistent that they appointed Potter to be the architect of this long-term project and they want to give him the time to actually see that through. And there, and there, ha- there is a, 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 a big level of understanding of the injury problems that he's, that he's faced before the Dortmund tie. It was said to me numerous times, Potter's unbeaten with Reese James, you know, that, that was something that was said to me a lot. And I think that reflected the, the awareness of the injury issues that the Potter was dealing with. I'm not, has he had N'Golo Kante at all? No. 
I don't think he has, no. So that's Chelsea's best player still. <laughs> he hasn't even had yet. Um, and then, you, you know, I, as as weird as it is for, I think, a lot of fans to think about, um, I think January almost restarts the clock because when you sign that many players, no no club has ever signed that many players or spent that much money in a January. And, and, and not just any players, players who like Enzo, Mudrik, uh, João Felix, of course, on loan, who are fundamental to the team on the pitch now, to the identity of this team right now and maybe for years to come. We'll see with João Felix. Um, I hope so. so. They, they, yeah, so, so now we're back in the early stages, really, of, of developing what this team will be. Um, and I think there are, there are positive signs. I understand how infuriating it is to some people to keep hearing talk of positive signs when you're seeing draws and losses. And the record is, as Potter says, it is what it is. Yeah, there's no getting around the fact that Chelsea are not winning anywhere near enough games. And Potter does need to start winning games, not necessarily to save his job immediately, but I think because winning is winning is the best kind of validation for for performance. For, for the players themselves to start believing in what they're doing at a different level, for him to start believing that he can do this job, for fans to, to start believing in him, they just need a few wins. And I think, you know, Dortmund was a game they played well enough to win, they just didn't get it done. But it, need, it needs to start happening soon. And it, unless you're prepared to, to just write the Champions League off this season, which I know the club are not prepared to do yet, um, it has to happen in the next three weeks. I mean, can you conceive of any scenario where where Potter gets the boot from this lot this season? I look. look I we have to caveat all of this by saying these are new owners mm. who've never been in this situation before. So we can go on what we're told, but what we're told is not necessarily the way they'll act. We don't we we don't know um, fundamentally. But what we what what we've what we've been told has never wavered in that sense that you know they know they sacked the champions league winner to appoint this guy um i think there's i think they they know that they will look ridiculous if they then sack him before the end of the season when he's had what four or five months of just pretty much constant flux um so i i we've always got the sense that you know they will that they, they would at least give him the summer and a full pre-season and a chance to actually work with this team um, but I think I, I do think what happens between now and May is important for the overall evaluation just because everyone involved will want to see some green shoots of recovery at some point you you want to see these performances coalesce into into goals into results into into the players that so much money has been spent on improving individually and collectively I think as as long as that happens, I don't I don't see any reason why um, the owners would would doubt Potter. It, it, if we're in some sort of nightmare scenario in April May where it's still the results are as bleak as this and and performances haven't advanced, then you know all bets are off. But who, we don't know how, what it's going to look like. Yeah. And also, nobody will care if he's he's as dull as a conveyor belt in his press conferences or on the sidelines if uh, uh, if they start winning. Because that's yeah. that's the the state of everything. He's being used as a um, his personality is being um, uh, shredded because we're not getting anything on the pitch. 
it's in, it's that's the connection and you're not seeing his personality a, a personality on the pitch you're not seeing um if if they suddenly started playing some wonderful football you would see him in a different light actually and we'd be looking at the the, the use his word the positives of his his media training or whatever it is that means that he is is absolutely well, uh, the other thing the other thing jk that's a great point and the other thing is if he was acting the total opposite way if he was really angry, sniping yeah. at journalists, yeah. Yeah. acting like a madman on the touchline, and the results were the same, everyone would be saying he's cracking up. He can't yeah. handle it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's all seen through the prism of results. You're totally right. Liam, I mean, you know, we haven't spoken to you. I don't think this, this might be the first time you've been on this season, but well, certainly since we got Potter. I mean, what, what's your perception of him in, in the press conferences? I mean, you know, we, we've been taking the mick as we always do, and uh, JK and I have been doing. Uh, various Potter impressions to various degrees of success. I've and, seen them. Yes. Well, you know, you've seen his. You've. You, I've. 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 J. K. Actually gave me a bit of praise last night. I, re- I read out a, a press uh, statement in 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 Potter's Brummy accent, and he actually was quite complimentary about it. So anyway, oh, we digress. How? I mean, you know, you you're sitting in a press conference with Potter asking questions. What's your perception of him in the presses? Well, I'm not in every press conference, but I, I, the ones I'm not in, I generally watch. Um, I, I generally see a guy who has his guard up and is and is is leaning on, you know, a bank of media training as he's gone through the FA coaching um, structure that kind of, you know, is is about giving as little of yourself and giving as little away as possible in any given situation. I don't think he's still entirely like that now. I think I have seen development. Um, got annoyed because I think he got annoyed last week. Some of the questions. Yeah. Very pertinent questions in a, in a subtle way. You could see there was a, a shifting and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. He's actually, he's actually uh, come back uh, and, and actually hinted that the question was ridiculous. It was about um, knowing about uh, Man City, having a comment about Man City, which I thought yeah. unfair. I remember. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, I, I think he has. No, I think he has slowly recognised that he has to give, if not more of himself, because you know it's, it's arguable, it's debatable as to how much Mourinho or Klopp or Guardiola ever give of themselves in a press conference. Very artificial setting, but just to give an impression of authenticity, of, of authentic emotion, and. You know, a, a sense of a sense of a persona that people can can kind of engage with and rally rally behind, rather than just sort of bland cliche and and just filling the air with empty words, which is what I think Potter has done sometimes. None of this is to say that he's a bad guy or a bad coach. I think I've, I've got the impression that he's a, he's a pretty he seems a pretty nice guy. I think he's clearly a very talented, tactically sophisticated coach based on what he's done in his career. Um. But I think coming from where he's come from, he's not had to deal with this level of scrutiny on everything that he says before. I, I, I quoted it, I was talking to Adam Neeson actually a couple of days ago and I quoted it a little bit to what Sarri found when he came from Napoli. Um, and Napoli is a massive club in Italy, but he didn't have, he had like 10% of the media responsibilities as Napoli coach that he had when he came to Chelsea in the most televised league in the world. And it was a massive shock to the system and he never really adjusted to it. And I think, you know, Potter's been in the Premier League for a while, but with all due respect to Brighton, it, what you say doesn't make waves. And if you say nothing, 
that doesn't make waves either. <laughs> Whatever Potter does in a press conference is some sort of story. You know, if, it, if, he, if he's boring, it becomes a talking point uh, in a way that it wouldn't be if he was coaching a lesser club. And, and, and he, I think he, he, he probably, and I think he has started to recognise that he's not really talking to us. He's talking to millions of fans that are watching on streams or watching on YouTube later or whatever. Um, ar- around the world, and and he has to give something. Yeah. Really good, really good. Absolutely smashed out of the park, Liam. I mean, it's so pleasing for us. I, I hate to speak on behalf of Mark and J.K. here, but it's really pleasing for us to hear that. We've been saying similar things, possibly a little bit more barbish, but actually we're we're kind of on the same page, which is good to hear. I'm I'm gonna I want to wrap the part up, but before I do, this is the perfect place to bring in something of his presser today, which really. Uh, I thought was really interesting, J.K. It was. Were you shaking your head for you? Don't know what I'm going to say yet. I know, but I'm just thinking about the presser. You know. Well, let, he, let, let, let me just read out. Happened. Let me read he, out. Let hang on. Let me read out the bit that I'm talking about because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, last yeah. last night we were we were basically we were, it was the, the attack on the nerds. I think you could call it rather than the attack yeah. of the nerds. Yeah, this yeah. is what he said about VAR, and I just thought, okay, maybe I've underestimated you. I've no problem with VAR necessarily. I don't think I would have had it in the first place because I think I'm a, I'm a bit of a romantic, a traditionalist. Who knew? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just right. There's an element of human error. There's an element of that. That happens in the game that gives us something to talk about and get annoyed about. It's part of the game. Or are we going towards eventually, are humans going to make the decision? Because I hear people, basically, look, I, I could read this till the cows come home. But the, but the bottom line is, is that suddenly there's this really human side of him coming out saying, I don't want it all to be controlled by stats. And I don't want it all to be controlled by AI or, or, or people automatically calling offside. It's a, it's a game full of emotions and passion and we're human beings. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is a completely different side of you to the one that me and JK have been taking the piss out of for about the last six months. So, what, you know, I was encouraged by that, to be honest, JK. Okay, yeah. JK's not. He's got his no cheer <laughs> face on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He gives us these glimpses. But then, you know, the other day he said he was asked about social media. He said, I don't know what social media is. Yeah, but is. he was just saying, I don't want to talk to you about social media. Indeed, indeed, to be indeed. fair, I think that might be his most admirable position yet. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. 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 Hard to disagree. Good for him. Lucky, lucky, really. Uh, but no, I, I, I just... Um, I, I didn't. I thought it was awful. I thought the press conference was awful again. Chidge. All right, that yes, is an element of of in the same way that he said last week that it was a good save, didn't he? Which JK, quite... stop watching them. I have to watch them. No, you don't. <laughs> don't do it to yourself, JK. No, don't, don't, don't do it to them. yourself. Yeah. Anyway, he thinks Southampton is going to be difficult because I they have got, got a manager. I know. He, I, know I know. I know. I know. Oh, but God. this is what he does. Oh. But I don't know. Well, look. Well, let listen. We could sit here for five hours talking about it. Potter and not get to the bottom of it. Can I? Can I? You want to come in, Mark? Because I want to go for a break. So make no. You go sure? for a break. All right. Honestly, yeah. Right. We will be back very soon to talk about the uh, the right. upcoming match, the Chelsea Southampton match tomorrow. See you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea football fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, the Friday night preview show. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and I am with the uh, the lovely not Jonathan. Kidd. No, not no, no, definitely not the definitely not lugubrious Jonathan Kidd. Because you know, we could be a bit lugubrious if you like. But no, uh, um, we'd love to be on the show. Whoop, woohoo. Whoop, whoop, hey. whoop. And uh, we've got um, one of our favourite people on the universe. I think I, I was so nice about him last night. I don't know if he was actually listening to the best. I said he's the he's the best thing that's happened to the fan cast since, uh, since I, I stole you from the Chels, didn't I? You did. You yeah. did. I, I really said that, Mark. I was you drunk. Really I know. I know. I know you did. And you were listening. Despite the alcohol consumed, I I heard every word. No, I, I was I, at, I I was listening in my yeah. full Fraser Crane. Well, I, I was actually sober. That's the honest to God's truth. So there you go. I meant it from the heart of my bottom and from the bottom of my heart. Uh, right now, this is something that I know Mark uh, will love because he he's very involved with this, as he is with so many things on the fancast these days. We have got another fantastic Chelsea fancast, and the Troubadour presents an afternoon with. And this time it is with our probably arguably our our greatest ex-player friend of the fan cast. Nobody has been on this show as an ex-player more than Paul Canneville. And we love the bones of the man. We really, really do. Um, just give you the info. Uh, 5th of March, Sunday the 5th of March. Doors will open at 2.30. We'll kick off at about 3. Very inconveniently, inconveniently at the same time that the Chelsea women's side kick off against Arsenal in the Conti Cup. But if you're not there... Come and see Canners, have a natter with me and JK and uh, hopefully about 50 other people. Uh, and uh, they're just great. Tickets, 20 quid, plus small booking fee of a couple of quid. You can get from ticketweb.uk. The Troubadour is an old Brompton Road. Uh, and we will be talking, obviously, we'll be looking back at the Leeds United game and uh, having a Q&A with Canners. And there'll be a t- an opportunity to have a chat with him yourself, get anything signed. Mark, they, they, they I mean, you know, you, as, as, as we know, I mean, you're very involved with sorting these out with me um canners is brilliant isn't it i'm really looking forward to this and the the events themselves are great fun we get some really good people there don't we oh, we do and again if people haven't been i do urge you to get along to one of them we've done three so far and three different players three great chelsea 
former players, all different stories to tell, different angles. And if it's anything like the last one, like Jason Cundy, we all adjourned to the pub afterwards and Cundy came with us. Yeah, so really, really wonderful evening. I've heard Canners do these things before. He's very good value. Yeah, so got got some good stories from his Chelsea Chelsea playing days. So if you haven't been before, do urge you to come along to the Troubadour. It's a good afternoon stroke evening out. Yeah, and uh, and Mark will buy you all a pint if you do. So it's worth coming along. Really, <laughs> his face is like what? <laughs> really? Well, that's yeah. the sixty people will be bought a pint by Mark. So we, we, so by tomorrow it'll be sold out. <laughs> <laughs> and if and if Mark doesn't, J.K. will. So you can't really lose, can you? I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with uh, that. Me too, mate. Um, it, I mean, actually, joking aside, I mean the number of people who who write into the show or, or, or accost me in the pub or I often, I, I mean, this is, this sounds utterly wanky and I don't mean it in the wanky way that it sounds, but the number of times I've wandered into the cock and I haven't even got to the bar and somebody says, Oh, geez, it's really nice to meet you. I've got you a pint. I mean, it, it makes me weep. It's so lovely. Um, and, and yet the reality is I always feel that we should be buying all of you lot pints because you're so lovely and you listen to what we, we do every week and you've been many of you have been doing it for 15 years, so I would have no problem. I might It might be a bit of a stretch for me to buy 50 pints, but you never know. If I save my pennies, I might just do it. Uh, right, it's time now to uh, preview uh, tomorrow's match, which, of course, Chelsea versus Southampton. And as always, JK, what do we start with when we do a preview? Well, we start with the, the selection, my favourite moment. I know, oh, I can oh. see. You are overcome with excitement, I can see. Yeah, I am. I'm creeping. Creaming my little shorts. Yeah. I, I'm, I've done something a bit different this week. If you if you read your running order, you will know this. Um, I've read the running order. Yeah, we have. We have. Well done. Thank you, Mark. You get an extra point or pint. Um, I've done two team selections this week. One is named Chidge and one is named Potter. And uh, because I, I have no idea, basically, that's the honest to God's truth. But this is what I would like to select. All right. I would like to select uh, Kepper in goal. Uh, Wing Commander Chilwell, Badia Ashil, uh, Thiago Silva, Reese James, midfield Fernandez and Gallagher. Uh, so I'm going to go four two three one. Obviously, uh, Fernandez and Gallagher in the midfield, and uh, Mudrick, Felix, and Mount. So Mudrick on the left, Mount on the right, Felix in the middle as the number ten, and Fofana D up front. That's who I would pick. But this is what I think Potter will pick. <coughs> Because they were, re- you know, listening to the presser or reading the notes from it today. I'm reading between the lines. I'm kind of thinking he might go on an uber rotate because he probably thinks Southampton is shit and he can get away with it. So I think he might pick Kepper, Cucurella, Koulibaly, Badiashil, uh, Aspilicueta, and then in the midfield, Fernandes and Kovacic, because I think Kovacic might be fit enough. Uh, and then up front, you've got Mudrich on the left, Felix in the middle, Ziyech on the right, and Havertz number nine, although he's not. What do you think, J.K.? Should we have another which, team? Which, te- which team do you prefer, mine or Potter's? Uh, should we have another team? J.K.'s team? Yeah, just my team for the hell of it. Yeah. And have um, uh, Chalabar uh, instead of Azpilicueta. Or, um, I think he'll play Badia Shield. I'm not sure he'll play... Um, um, I think you're right, Chidge, actually. I think, uh, um, no, what am I saying? I think you're, the trouble is now you've got these two. I'm now looking at both and thinking, yeah, bits of those are quite good. They're quite good. I think he'll do Badia Shield and Koulibaly. I think he'll, he won't play silver. I think he'll, um, no, but mind you, the, the, um, the European ties in three weeks, isn't it? So, um, I suppose you might give him a rest. Um, uh, is Kovacic, 
okay now? I thought he was still injured. He was on the bench the other night. He was warming up a lot. Oh, he was, he was. All right. yeah. I think, yeah. Well, I think he'll give... I, I don't think Gallagher's going to figure very much anymore. I don't think he's in, in the plans, actually. That's not the impression I'm getting. I think... Um, I don't think he'll play Chich. I think he'll play Kovacic and Fernandes just to see how it works because it should be an interesting combination because we've yet to see them both play together uh, um, because he got he hasn't played, has he, Kovacic, since Fulham, Fulham away. So um, I reckon that will be an interesting combination. Uh, I think Cucurella will play. Um, I think because what he said at the press conference was that he was, he, 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 he clearly Chilwell was injured because he limped off at the end. So I think we'll get 20 minutes from Chilwell. Um, so I think it will be Kukurela, Kovacic. Uh, I don't think Silver will play. And I thought Koulibaly had a very good game because um, it suited him. But he also, he looked much more relaxed. I thought he was very good. I thought him and Silver was a very good combination. Um, uh, yeah, and, and I, th I don't think... Uh, but I th and I think I think the, the Potter selection, I think it will be Aspi uh, rather than Chalabar. Uh, and I think, in fact, I think the the one you've got up for the Potter selection is what he'll pick, Chidge. Actually, I would love him to do Silver and uh, Badia Shield, but I'm not convinced he will. And he won't play Chilwell. He won't. Uh, he unlikely to play James. Um, and he won't play Gallagher. And Felix, he will play. Felix Mudrick, he will play. Um, and I don't think he'll play Mount. Uh, and I don't think he'll play Fafana. I think he'll play. Well, he might give Fafana a go, mightn't he? Because it's Saints, but I'm I'm not sure that he want to take his. He'll take his foot off the accelerator a bit, but I think he'll keep going with Havertz, and he'll play Zayat because he seems to be his kind of go-to winger at the moment. Then he'll bring Mount on, sixty minutes, sixty-five. Um, bring Gallagher on instead of Kovacic because he's been injured. Bring um, remember we always have to pay attention to the five the five subs. Bring uh, Chalabar on for. Aspie or even bring James on for Aspie and bring Chilwell on for Cucurella later on because he said he'd give him 20 minutes. So um, it'll be a combination of the two. But I think more likely to be your Potter team, Chidge, which I have to say, I think is a masterstroke. So his... why, why is it a masterstroke? Well, because you then have the possibility of saying, I predicted the team. <laughs> so you're saying I'm cheating, basically. Yes. <laughs> I probably am. I do do. I do cheat. It has to be but said. I love it, though. I love it. Yeah. I think this, this speculation as to what he's going to pick is really excellent. So, but yeah, I, I, a third team you could have, you know, well, Mendy's in. It's obviously going to be Kepper. You could have um, um, uh, Koulibaly and Silva might play again. Never know. But no, I think he'll play Badia Shield just to keep him going. Um, he might play Chalaban instead of Aspi. Um, he might play. He won't play Chilwell from the beginning. He might play Hall. You never know. Yeah. Play him fullback instead of Cucurella. Give him a go. Um, I mean, to, to, to be honest, one the reason I picked the team that I picked is that what I want to see right now is that no, not no, uh, yes, yes, I do obviously, but I want to see some consistency. Uh, so you know, Chilwell and James are our best fullbacks. Um, yeah. Badia Shield and Silver are, are our best uh, centre backs, so play them. You know, we want some consistency. Um, I, I wouldn't even have a problem if Cheek played against uh, with Fernandez, to be honest. Oh. I, I know, I know, you have a problem with that, but I, I don't think he's done too badly, to be honest. And again, you know, God, how many years have we been watching football? The number of ex-players we know, and they all say the same thing. 
you get better by playing with the same guys week in week out because you get to understand what they're doing and where they're going to be and how they're going to react and and we need that and I think that's so true of the defense but actually you could say that all across the pitch in central midfield you could say it on the wings and how they start to gel together with Felix I mean okay I've put Fofana in up front but that's because Havertz is just absolutely dog shit at the moment so I'm just kind of doing it for his own relief really but uh, I could see I mean you know even if he played Havertz again I wouldn't grumble too much because I, I want to see some consistency of selection because we're, we've not seen it so far since Potter's been in charge for a plethora of reasons of course Mark I'm with you um, I'd scribble down my team and I think he's tinkered as much as Ranieri's tinkered with these days he keeps chopping and changing the side we have to win tomorrow. He has to win tomorrow. And I don't think you necessarily get a win by doing whole-scale dramatic changes at the side. And that side did play very well in Germany the other night. The only thing missing was some bugger football in the net. The only changes will probably be dictated by fitness. I would have kept the same back four from Wednesday night and the goalkeeper, but I suspect the wing commander, if the wing commander is fit, he should start because then you've got that back four consistency. But he, I, he said he wasn't. He said he wasn't in the press. Oh, did he say? Yeah. Yeah. Press, if that he does does play. Fernandez is a given. I'm not sure who this Felix chap is. <laughs> is, this, is that how we pronounce it, Felix? I thought it was Jal Felix. Yeah. 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 I, I, I always. I always... I always go by JK's received pronunciation, Mark, as you well know. A QT, a QT in it, I think. So he's he's a Faye rather than a Fee. So uh, Felix Fernandez, I would say you should have lost his cheek in there. I don't think he's done anything wrong in the last two games. I thought he had a very good game the other night. But having said that, I suspect if Kovacic is fit, I think Kovacic will play. I agree with you. I think Fofana should start, but I don't think he will start. And I think Havertz will play. Mudrick will play. And then it's the A and other. Did he say anything about Sterling being fit? Yes. If Sterling's fit, Sterling plays instead of Zayic. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's my 11. Yes, he said he was fit. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, we will see. We will see. Um, Saints to bottom. Relegation bound, no manager. Stop me if you've heard this before, JK. They haven't stopped you. <laughs> this is like radio chicken, isn't it? <laughs> we all know how this fucking story goes, don't we? This is the point. Oh, I see that what you meant. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but you know, Neil, it's it's no manager, it's the caretaker bounce, isn't it? Is what you're saying. Yeah. But well, and the fact the... that they're bottom, they're basically down. Yeah. Charity yeah. fucking FC will turn up and give them a win. Um No, 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 no. No, no, no. no it should no, they no, should no. be trounced, Judge. It should be trounced time. It really well, should. I, 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 I agree. I mean, you know, if we don't win this, then abandon all hope ye who enter here, frankly, because, you know, they. I mean, let, let me give you a, a little rundown from the old Staterunis. Uh Nathan Jones. I love the way Flash, Flash Score put this. Bordering on a ridiculous 94-day tenure under Nathan Jones. Um, <laughs> they're bottom of the table. I mean, by the way, as you know, I've got a lot of Saints mates and uh, 
I'm in various uh, WhatsApp groups with these said friends, and they have been bitching about Nathan Jones writing rude songs about him since almost the day he arrived. And I've been thinking, God, and I thought we moaned. Um, anyway, they're bottom of the table. They've got one, uh, they, one, uh, win, one once lost seventh since he, since he took over. Um, they've recorded just one clean sheet across their last 28 league games, conceding a startling 10 goals across their last five Premier League away trips. And here's a here's a stat to warm the cockles of your hearts, both of you. You ready for this one? Aye. Graham Potter, positive Potter, has won just five of his twenty-four Premier League games against sides starting the day in the relegation zone. Won five, drawn thirteen, lost six. How about those apples? Mind you, mind mm. you, Chelsea are on a four-game unbeaten run of league games winning one and drawing three so obviously we're in fine premier league form what do you think of that it'll be nil nil then chidge won't it that's what it's looking like oh, okay. i mean if you remember we um he, he he bigged up forest if you remember and uh and they played just you know like mad dervishes um nothing particularly subtle about it and pressed us and i suspect this lot are going to press us again madly and we'll have to see whether we deal with it they're um Ward Prowse is, of course, their best player, who's uh, 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 got a great, great um, ability with set pieces, which I made say, by the way, I was impressed by the set pieces on Wednesday because we actually took decent corners. He had both Chilwell and Felix taking the uh, the corners, which is um, uh, a change and, and for the better, except nobody on the end to, to put them in the net other than, than, uh, than uh, Thiago, of course, punched it in, the fool. Um he, he was a... pushed into the ball. Yes, he was. I know he was, just as he was heading it. There were lots of very peculiar refereeing decisions, particularly Chan, who was running around like a, 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 a madman. I mean, just flying into tackles, he got annoyed, which is very similar to how he behaved at Liverpool. And the referee did nothing about it. I, I, I mean, he should have been off. He should have been off. Absolutely right. And then he wouldn't have been there on the line. Exactly the that. That's my point. You know, we always see that, don't we, to the case. Um, who they've got? They've got Bednarek, which they who they they recalled, didn't they? Because he was on loan, but he's not he's not the answer. Walker Peters is a decent player, and of course, will will the dear Willie Caballero be in goal? Because he was um he was in goal last week, wasn't he? Because isn't their their uh, their goalie injured? So it might be a return for Willie. That would be nice. Um, but Diallo is Livramento still injured for them? Do we yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um. And Adams is a decent player, but you know, probably not good enough for this division. I, you know, I, I think one of the problems is they've just sold the better players, haven't they? Because it used to be they used to be a a, a cradle, didn't they? A, 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 their their uh, academy was just, uh, and even their purchases, they had some very good people who I think they've have, have moved on. Have we got one from Saints? What got one stats stats person from there? A, a Saints guru? Have we got one from there? Because I thought. Um, they had several people who's got that brilliant period where Liverpool just cherry picked them all, all their better players. Um, but yeah, um, uh, there isn't anybody there who's, who stands out, is there, as a player? I think this is one of the problems. It's, it's there's nobody there who you think, wow, he's a good player, other than Ward Prowse, and that's mostly because of his um, his ability with free kicks. So uh, they they they're not a good side, I'm afraid, and. Um, who knows how we should take them to the cleaners, shouldn't we? Really? Well, if I mean, we, you, know, you know, if if we play 
I, I mean, no, no, I thought we played quite well against uh, West Ham last week. I think we played yeah. better, even better against Dortmund in the week, Mark. But we ain't beating nobody if we don't un- we don't know how to solve this goal drought, this goal shyness, this this goal, you know, yips as you were calling it earlier on. Someone's got to do it because after tomorrow we're away to Tottenham and we always get a result against Tottenham. It's in the contract. Then, yeah, it's in the rules. It's in the script. It's the law. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Don't matter whatever you do, Graham, but you've got to beat Tottenham. Yeah, I'll be Potter out if he gets stuffed at Tottenham. That's for damn then, sure. Uh, well, we'll put it this way: then you've got dirty leads at home, and there's no way we we are losing the dirty leads at home. And then we've got the second leg of the Dortmund game. So Liam was right what he said earlier: these are a crucial few weeks. So it starts tomorrow. Yeah. We're almost back where we were post World Cup when we our first game back on the 27th of December was home to Bournemouth, and I think I said then what I'm going to say now: we have to win this game tomorrow. We have to win this game. Very important. We have, if we lose to Southampton tomorrow, I would not like to predict what might happen. As I said earlier in the show, the 4,000 fans that were there on Wednesday night got completely behind the team, got completely behind the manager. I don't see where this Bruno Cucurella came from. I never heard anything like that. They got behind the team because that's what you do. You're a supporter. Home games are a bit different. We need to win tomorrow for our sake, for Chelsea's sake, for the players' sake, and above everyone else, for Graham Potter's bloody sake. When you said you wouldn't like to predict what would happen, I'd like you to predict what would happen if we lose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think you might get a bit of booing. I might think uh, a bit of Potter out. And in, in football fans, it just needs a small group to start it and then people follow on from there. I don't think it's helpful where we are at this present moment in time. So the way you negate that is you make sure, damn sure, you win tomorrow and you beat, as JK has quite correctly said, this is a very poor Southampton side. We are Chelsea Football Club. We should be beating them. Whichever 11 players we've got on the pitch, we should have a strong 11 tomorrow. We have missed so many chances lately. Surely, surely, by the law of averages, we put some of them away tomorrow. Well, I, I, th- and, I was sorry. Go on, Mark. Go on. And a bit, and a bit of luck. Yeah, we haven't had much luck lately. No, we haven't. Like, yeah, we saw that goal go in the other night, and he thought, "What's it disallowed for?" And he thought, "Deliberate handball." So Thiago Silva is not that type of player. Yeah. So you begin to think, "Yeah, did he get pushed into it?" He did. He did get pushed. Yeah, I, mean, you, yeah, I was watching yeah, it on telly, yeah, and it was yeah, so obvious yeah, that he did. Yeah. 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 That's the sort of thing that goes against us. The handball last week against West Ham. With one against West Ham, that would have been a tremendous result yeah. going there. With. We, we, have, we have probably done something wrong. Potter's failed to buy a bit of four-leaf clover or tripped over a cat or something. We have not had much luck of late. It's about time we had a bit of luck starting tomorrow and we beat Southampton comfortably. Well, I mean, I was saying to you, wasn't I, uh, last night, JK, that... Uh... You know, I, I, you know, if we keep playing like we did against Dortmund, creating as many chances as we clearly are, we are going to give somebody an absolute, you know, seeing to sooner or later. Um, it's going to happen because it's inconceivable. Well, I mean, I say it's inconceivable that we just are so goal shy forever and ever and ever, and yet we have been really since uh, since Tuchel took over, really. Um, but I do believe it. I think if we're we're creating the the amount of chances that we're creating. You know, sooner or later, we're going to give somebody a stuffing. I fucking hope it's tomorrow, JK. I really, really do. I need cheering up, for God's sake. 
Mudrick to score a, a, a worldie. I want him to beat several yeah. people. Do uh, an individual effort akin to Eden Hazard against Arsenal. Yes, absolutely. Which or I West think Ham. He'll ultimately be capable of. I yeah. think he has. I'd like uh, Felix to score a couple of uh, really classy goals. And um, want to be- uh, want him to bend one in to the top corner from about twenty yards out. Like Fernandez to drive a pile driver in thirty like, yards out. I'd like um, I'd like just to give him a go. Um, uh, sil- silky just to to curl one in to right. put one in off his ass from a yard out. No, no, I was thinking more of one for the edge of the penalty area that he just curls into the top corner. Yeah, he's capable of it. Go, oh, what a player! I knew all along. What yeah, a player! There we go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, God, we all need it, don't we? And it would be it would be fantastic if if we could do that. I mean, our record against Southampton. I mean, because they had a spell where they were. I mean, they went down to the third division for a while, didn't they? It all went very pear shaped for them. Um, I mean, as we know, we've uh, we've uh, lost one, drawn three, and won one in our last five. Southampton have won one. They well, that was an FA Cup match against Blackpool. But other than that, they've lost all of their Premier League games. But nobody's well. Brentford gave them a bit of a stiffing, three nil away. Uh, they lost to Wolves at home, two one. They uh, lost uh, at home to Newcastle in. Actually, these were these were league. Oh, that was the League Cup matches, wasn't it? So, yeah, they narrowly lost to them. Anyway, I digress. Um, our head to heads against them. Well, you know, in total, we've won forty nine, drawn thirty one, lost thirty two. But in the Premier League at home, uh, we've won twelve, drawn seven, and lost four, which is I not as impressive as I kind of expected it to be. Last time we lost to them was two thousand and nineteen, when we lost two nil. Uh, before that, 2015, where we lost 3-1, and that would have been in Mourinho's uh, Anus Horribilis, I think you can call it. Uh, we won uh, last time round, uh, we, we won 3-1, and of course there was that, that, that mad draw, the 3 all draw, wasn't there? Under I think that would have been under Tuchel, or was that under Frank? Can you remember? October. I think it was under, under Frank, I think it, it was under Frank, wasn't it, actually? Yeah, yeah thinking of it. So, yeah, I mean, a bit more mixed than, than I thought. Um, in which case, time for you to give your predictions, starting with you, Mark. I've already done my Prem predictions for this weekend, and I've gone for a 2-0 Chelsea victory. You know what? I had a feeling you might say that. Uh, mm. I have done exactly the same. I've gone 2-0. JK? I've done exactly the same and gone 2 Yeah. We need to go down the bookies and put a bet on then. Sure, but this is so rare. Having said that, though, I think we'll win 4-0. Yeah, but you changed your mind, didn't you? Yeah, I put 2-0 on the Prem predictions, but I think it should be 4-0. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think 2-0 because... I, no, we can't, yeah, we can't score more than 2, can we? I yeah, know, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, I'd love to say... For, I really hope we do. I, You know, I think the whole club really so desperately could do with a lift. It's been really turgid at home. We're not seeing enough goals. We're not seeing enough wins. And, and and we all know we've been going to this bloody ground for as I mean God if a combined period of about about getting on for 150 years is not that far short that's a long time if you think about it um, and there is nothing is there there is nothing like going to Stamford Bridge seeing seeing Chelsea absolutely wallop somebody and you you just you're on a high for days afterwards it really really affects your mood in a positive Potter way so there you go. So let's hope they do. Uh, anything else to add? Any other business, Mark? No, um, I don't think it's any other business. No. How's no. how's the book doing? I mean, I know we had the big launch, didn't we, the other week? 
yeah, tomorrow for those people who um, did their pledge to collect the book, they can collect the book anytime from the 10 o'clock tomorrow morning to 2.15 outside the Stoll Gates from either myself, Mark Worrell, Mr. Smith, Mr. Barker, or anyone else that's helping out there. And I think probably by the end of this month, all of the people that pledged for a postal copy, it would have been posted out to them. Those people are a bit overseas might have to be patient a bit longer because clearly so many different countries, of, I think it's 14 countries have ordered books. We've got a post to, and every country's got a different customs form you've got to fill in or a different way of posting. So all the books will be posted by the end of this month and hopefully they'll get there as quickly as the postal system in respective country allows. Lovely. And again, also the feedback we've been getting from it's been absolutely superb. So thank you very much for the comments people are posting on social media, the private messages some people have sent to us. It's been fun doing it over the last couple of years and I'm glad people are really getting enjoyment out of it. And the players that have seen it so far, you were there the other week with Kerry, Kerry, Canners, Colin Pates, John Bumpstead. I got a lovely message. I was literally on the train down to Germany on Wednesday and Chris Hutchins messaged me. I posted his copy to him. Over, yeah, he only played half a dozen games. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Chuffed the bits with his cartoon by Richard Shaler. And if people aren't aware as well, like Mickey Thomas, you know, what is, you know a signed copy from Richard. He loved the picture that much. So like, there's a special picture done for Mickey. And obviously Kelvin went down to Wrexham Wheelstone last week uh, to bring his copy down to Mickey. And if people have seen it on social media, Mickey and Jerry were both at the Rex and Wheelstone game, closing with a copy of the book as well. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Um, how's the uh, the sli- the, the uh, Stamford Bridge sleepouts been announced as well, hasn't it? Yes, good. If people haven't yet registered, please hurry up and do so. It looks like it's going to be a record year in terms of people taking part. We said to the club when we met with the other week, we'd like to, but we've never got there yet, of actually having 100 people at the sleepout. And I think this year will be the first time we actually achieve that. On registrations alone so far, it's not far off 100. And of those 100, I think half of those converted to fundraisers already. So if you have not yet registered and you want to do this, please do hurry up and register. This could be our biggest and best yet. It's only been live for a week and we've raised £4,000 in the first week, which is our best first week ever since starting the sleep out. There we go. Great news. Well, there you go. You know, where do people go if they want to sign up to that? If you just type in um, Big Stamford Sleepout 2023, justgiving.com, it will come up. Or if you just go through the Supporters Trust website, it'll take you step by step through, but also help you to set up your own Just Giving page as well. I'm not the greatest technological person, but it was very easy to set up my own Just Giving account. All right. Yeah. And, and uh, do you want me uh, there at Stamford Bridge, or would you, <coughs> rather, would you rather I was by my fire pit with a bottle of whiskey and a big cigar? I think we need to be a bit clever on this. I think it'd be great to have you there, but it would be also good to have you at the fire pit cigar, whether we just pre-record it beforehand Ooh. and play it on the night. Because we have said to Chelsea about having the screens up this year and whether we could play some videos and the like. And I think they'd be quite receptive to that. I know it's only been a week or so, but I've got to say, Chelsea have been so behind it this year. They really have. Yeah, so thanks to the club so far, the support on this. And if you're walking down to Stamford Bridge on the way to 
the ground tomorrow. If you pass Oswald Stoll, you will see a nice little banner advertising the sleepout as you go into the stadium. And what, what book or books should I be reading, do you think, if I do the fire pit? Well, I think you should be reading Come Along and Sing oh, I song. knew you'd say that! <laughs> I knew you'd say that! I knew you'd say that! There's some, there's some great bits in there, yeah. So there's, if people haven't obviously got it yet and they have pledged, I don't think I've given much away. Um, there's this nostalgic piece in there uh, about the clothes of the time and what we're wearing to football then. There's a piece on Joey Jones. There's a piece on John Neal. We've revisited Ken Bates' programme notes of the day. So there's a chapter on Ken Bates as well. But also, even if you just pick out some of those bits, we've done the shoot-style questionnaires for all the players in the 8384 squad. And there's some very funny I could just do those and that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? There's some of them are very funny. Like John Bumpstead. He's a very quiet guy. But John Bumpstead. I did... His interview with him and Conan Pate, I laugh so much doing it. He's so funny, John. He's got a great sense yeah. of humour. All right. Well, there we go. That's a deal. Um, whether well, I mean, I will do. I will do my uh, tales from the shed from by the from the fire pit again, and it will be come along and sing this song. I think that's. I was hoping you were going to say that because that was going to be my thought. So that's brilliant. Well done, Mark. On the subject of tales from the shed, though, if people don't yet have a copy, and if not, why not? You should have a copy by now. Mark Wall still has some copies of Tales from the Shed left. It's got 30 of the best Chelsea fan writers you could ever pull together in one book. And me. And and Chidge. And me. And <laughs> JK. And, and Even me. Jonathan's and in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all in it. it have you written a book, Mark? It's a, apparently I have. Yeah, I've written <laughs> more about than it. one. Yeah, I've written more than one. It is a really good piece of Chelsea writing. The people I know that bought it, it is for a good cause. The money goes to Stoll, but also the Alzheimer's Society as well. We've taken a break from Tales of the Shed for 2023 because clearly our time was occupied with Come Along and Sing the Song. But our plan will be Tales of the Shed will return for next year's sleepout in some shape or form. Ooh. We just need to give a little bit of thought to it. Okay, there we go. That's an exclusive, everybody. Mm. Not only do we bring you breaking news of Lee Mason departing the PGMOL, we bring you uh, exclusive breaking news from Mark about what they're doing. Oh, brilliant. We, and on the subject of Lee Mason, um, Liam Le- mentioned, I should have said at the time, I actually went on Bounder Friday. Lee Mason actually refereed 31 games for Chelsea. We only ever lost three games <gasps> when Lee Mason was refereed. Oh, no. So we've lost. And it. Lee Mason, we've lost a good one. No. <laughs> Lee, Lee come the, back. All is forgiven. Come back, Lee. All is forgiven. Lee Mason, if you remember, I thought, well, that was Lee Mason. When we played Manchester United in the League Cup a few years ago and we were losing and he gave us a penalty yeah. in the last minute yeah. and we went on to win 5-4. Yeah. He was the ref. Oh, shit. Never mind. Hey-ho. Right, we better bugger off. It's uh, it's time time for us to go. Uh, Mark, yes. always, always, always brilliant to see you. I'm so uh, glad you had such a cracking time in Dortmund. I thought you might. And... Uh, um, I've got a bit of, bit of business to attend to in the in the early morning tomorrow with Dan and Kerry, uh, but um, we're gonna. We'll, uh, Dan, I know, wants to pick up his copy of the book, so we'll be heading over to the stall and uh, probably to the cock for a quick pint as well. So I will see you tomorrow. You're going to be at the stall most of the most of the time, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll be I'll be moving around, but I'll I'll be probably over at the stall gates with Marco as well, just sort of making sure 
you know, people are there get you know get their book, books collected. Good. All right. Well, I'll see you tomorrow, mate, and uh, I look yeah. forward to that. Mr. I'll try and see you both as well tomorrow. I'm going to get there early because I'm mm-hmm. I'm meeting somebody in Paddington to give them a copy of my dad's book, and he he tried to get it um, to pay for it because he lives in Amsterdam. And it was going to cost him about fifty quid because of all the tariffs he had to play had to pay. Yeah. So he contacted me. He said, "Where can you meet me?" And, and he's he's an, an ammo. He's an iron. And oh, oh! But I said I'd meet him at um, Paddington, so I'm meeting him at one. So I'll try and get. I'll be there about two o'clock. Oh, mate, tomorrow. that's late. I'm going to be there from eleven. Oh, of course you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah but for me, for me, that's early. Yeah, true, true. You're as bad as me at normally. I mean, you know, normally I roll in a, you know, last possible minute dot com at the pub, but there you go. Uh, Mark, brilliant to see you as always, as I said. See you tomorrow. JK, uh, what a week, mate. We've done three shows this week. Fuck's sake. Highly enjoyable, though, I have to say. Yeah, it's been great fun, hasn't it? Yeah. Last last night was completely fabulous. The email. You agree, Mark? Some superb emails. My goodness me. Listen listen to it last night. I I didn't hear the whole show because I literally just got back in and I saw the email there. So I logged in. But some of the emails I listened to last night, really good emails. But the stuff people are sending in. Brilliant. Brilliant. We're lucky. Actually, you know what? Funny enough, JK and I said that after we wrapped the show, we were saying, aren't we blessed with some really good listeners who write some really good stuff? They know they're onions, the people who listen to this show. More than us, Jim. Well, I was going to say, shame the people that do the show don't know anything, really. You know, it's a bit of a bit of an unfair exchange, but there you go. JK, always lovely to see you. Been brilliant seeing you a lot this week. Hopefully, I might bump into you tomorrow. Um, now, have- we will be back on Monday, of course, for the main Chelsea Fancast show. Me, JK, will be me and JK will be joined by Dean Mears for one of his rare appearances so that i'm looking forward to that seeing old dino they've uh if you might not have realized i put it up today their podcast but they uh they did their hundredth show this week on uh went to mo king's mo hundred shows brilliant milestone yeah well done dean and jane and dane so there we go we've got dino on monday at half past seven we'll be obviously looking back uh at the match against southampton uh, where we will be celebrating at least a 4-0 stuffing of the Saints. So there you go. Uh, you two, take care. Hopefully see you tomorrow. People are mixed. Love you too. Well done. Lovely to see you as always. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Yeah, the Chelsea! Yeah, get it in, isn't it? 4-0 this weekend. Come on, please. Come on, please. Come on, please. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.